Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Hello, good evening and welcome to Gatecast episode 263. And I'll pass you over to Mike at this point because we don't have a guest. Hello everybody, uh, welcome to this week's episode of the Gatecast. This week folks, we'll be watching Talion, Christopher George epic. Intriguing episode this late into the season, you think, and I played it almost a few years back. George will have got an Emmy? <laughs> no, it's, this is science fiction. You don't get Emmys for science fiction. You should know that. A Hugo? A Nebula? Okay, you're on better ground with uh, something like that or a Saturn Award. If you... yeah. <laughs> Alan is feeling uh, a little run down. He's had a couple of bad nights sleep, but we've scheduled this, so he's turned up and ready to go. Well, not exactly turned up. This is where I live. Okay, you've, I've... you've moved from your desk to your couch. That's uh, good. 35 centimetres, maybe 40. I like my new sofa. I think it establishes an important stage in home building to get a sofa. Not so much easy to take with you if you move. No, my last sofa... Well, this is. It's Ikea. It's held together by six bolts. All I need is uh, another person and 15 minutes with a socket wrench. Yeah. But yeah, it comes apart relatively easily. It doubles as a bed, which means with some swift furniture rearrangements I can have someone stay, which is handy. So, yeah, he's off with it. Make sure you put all the bolts back in the right place. It's been together since Saturday. Good deal. Canadian that sold it to me bought it new in IKEA for 140 and sold it to me for 20 That's not bad. <laughs> the reason she sold it is because she's doing Japanese studies and she's taking a year off to go and live in Japan. That does make a lot of sense. It's a culture you really, you've got to live it to uh, learn it. Be that as it may, Japan makes Finland look cheap. That is true. And Finland is not cheap. Laura, who uh, we follow and follows us on Twitter, she's living and working in Japan at the moment. She's from Belgium. Ah, Belgium. I put the Battle of the Five Armies on on Saturday night. Aye. I watched about ten minutes. I thought, oh, I've got better things to do than watch this. I saw it in cinema, which kind of helped because it's an event movie. Yeah, and if I'd have paid for it, I probably wouldn't have walked out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't been impressed with the Hobbit series at all. This one, you know, you got smoke coming in, you know, firestorm on that little island, and yet the hero at the top of the tower with a great big cast iron bolt and his little kid who brought up all the ladders. I'm thinking, this is ridiculous. Better for a rocket surfboard bomb. Jumping the shark. I'm sure it probably read better than it looked. In the actual Hobbit book, there are no women. I've heard that, yeah. None. None whatsoever. I didn't know if it was, you know, actually a legitimate observation or not. That was the style of things back then, you know, not yeah. only, you know, if... <laughs> so basically, everything with um, the female elf was entirely made up. I don't remember everyone dying in the book either. It's probably a movie like Pearl Harbor. You get rid of the first hour, and when all the fighting starts, then start watching it. I saw Pearl Harbor in cinema as well, but that's because I was still walking and I had money. 
no, that was a Christmas film, and I, I just shouted, give me a shout in an hour when they start bombing the base. So I'm not bothered about all the romance and stuff beforehand. Didn't know about the Doodlebugs. Oh, the raid after. The raid after, and... Oh, yeah, well, they had to retaliate some way, even if yeah. it was a, almost a suicide mission. Bomb the city and keep going. <laughs> You're not turning back, just keep going. Hopefully, by the time you run out of fuel, you'll be over some place which won't shoot you on sight. Hmm. I watched the Age of Ultron trailer on my PS3 with the full sort of surround system, and I heard the voice of Ultron. I thought, hang on. I know, I was surprised that you didn't know that. Well, it was a nice surprise for me. I probably should, but I will definitely be going to see that. That's one of my four movies a year type of thing. They were talking about a Marvel marathon at one of the cinema chains in America. $70 for all the movies, 25-hour runtime, and then Age of Ultron. A lot of energy drinks? (laughs) Probably, yeah. A lot of people under 25. A lot of people going to sleep. Which movie's next? Hulk. Right, wait me in two hours. (laughs) I liked Hulk. I liked it. A lot of people don't. I prefer Mark Banner. Hulk is Hulk, so it doesn't matter, because Hulk is basically just, you know, a bunch of CG and someone grunting. But I like Mark Ruffalo's Banner. I thought he played it wonderfully understated. Yeah. Yay. Greetings, citizens. Join me, your old bat chum, John S. Drew, on my journey to discover what it is I love about the classic 1966 Batman television series on the Batcave podcast. Each episode, I'm joined by a guest host as we review the classic television series. There's a new episode every two weeks. Same bat time, same bat channel on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at the thebatcavepodcast.com. Holy memoranda, folks. Make a note not to miss it. Good thinking, Robin. Get ready to go, then. Yep. I'm going with English purely because I'm too pretty tired to think in any other language. <laughs> As always, we'll be watching the Region 2 DVD version of this episode. Uh, the runtime is 41 minutes, 49 seconds. And as with last week's Atlantis episode, brace yourself because it jumps straight into the action. Indeed. Three, two, one, Licky. Oh, dark. Yep. And spooky. And as always, Stargate cinematographers and DP, they know how to light a night set or a night scene because it's always on location. You know, my first thought of this is sort of, it looks like World War One trenches. Yes, it does a bit. Sort of, you know, it's definitely getting that kind of vibe off it. Oh, Rutak. They basically got one huge bat light for this and threw a load of smoke in just to create the effect. Yeah, Rutak here, he's in rough shape. Dr. Jackson, we have numerous bodies here. And you look at it, you think, it's fantastic, it looks brilliant. Yep, and it's probably only for a five minute scene. Oh my god. Cam! Medic! You got the music in the background, a little ominous. It's Teal. Oh dear. Oh dear, oh dear. This this must have been a great party. <laughs> okay. That was short. About a minute. <laughs> no messing about. Okay then, Tally On, Season 10, Episode 17 of Stargate SG-1, Gatecast Episode 263. This episode was directed by Annie Makita and written by Damien Kindler. At its world premiere in the UK, February the 20th, 2007, 
In Canada, May the 31st. America, June the 1st. In Germany, it was broadcast September the 19th. Sweden, November the 23rd. And Japan, February the 10th, 2008. Absolutely no other show or series with the same name. But in France, it was called The Law of Retaliation. In Italy, A Personal Revenge. Spain, The Punishment. The Czech Republic called it Revenge. And the Germans, Revenge Has To Be. Which seems fitting, really, because Talion means kind of eye for an eye or justified revenge. Hmm. This is Tony Amendola's final episode of Stargate SG-1. Uh-huh. How long can we talk of reforming councils and ridiculous trade policies? Yeah, thanks, Yeah, quite a few faces back for this one. If you notice the young Jaffa woman who's behind Braytac, Adrienne Carter, she was in a show with Christopher Judge called Adventures from the Book of Virtues when she was 12. And I recently watched her guest appearances in Eureka. Without proper organization, it would merely be mass suicide. We must learn from our mistakes in overthrowing the Goa'u. Spidey senses again. Oh yes, he looks trouble. <laughs> yeah, a big scar on your face. Yeah, you're about to get him to. I'm sorry about the scar, but that very clearly looks like a latex application. It's a lot thicker than the rest of his face and it looks pasted on, which is, a, I think, rather unfortunate. But whoa! <laughs> yes. <laughs> that looked expensive. They actually switched to 35mm uh, cameras to film that sequence because they handle the big pyrotechnics a little bit better than HD cameras. Unfortunately, uh, the explosion actually damaged one of the cameras. All the heat-resistant material they put on it, they taped it up with paper tape. Oh, dear. Which then obviously burnt. <laughs> yeah, some friends of mine... You remember the scene in Colour Magic where the broken drum blew up? Yeah. They were standing there beside the camera, watching it and thinking, oh, it's fine, you know, it will be grand, this is far back enough. And then they realised the camera was covered in sort of armour, <laughs> and the actual crew were a further 70 feet back. Sounds about right. Nice to see Lecter. I'm just watching the episodes of Saving Hope she's in. Mm -hmm. I'm finally catching up. You've not finished it yet, then? 11 or 12. Yeah, mixed messages there. (laughs) (laughs) You blew up, girl. It's amazing you're in one piece. The Jafar lose a lot of people at conferences and peace talks and things like that, don't they? Well, they've got that right. Cameron certainly knows the effort required to regain mobility. And full function. Okay, he wakes up again. Daniel and Valor this time. Where's the jello? What has transpired? Dr. Lamb thinks you should rest. But we need you to be on your feet and back in fighting form as soon as possible. Tell me. Like we said earlier, Tilt, you got blown up good and proper. As for the rest of your friends, well, they're not so good. And 12 more critically injured. Ah, the old filter camera. No, this was actually shot using a film stock called Colour Reversal. Hmm. So all that effect was actually done in camera, not in post-production. I think secretly the directors and cinematographers still like 35mm, even with the benefits HD brings, like being able to switch the camera on and film all day. Then what operator? He survived. Well, he's not said anything yet. You need rest help. Yep. You'd have thought they'd have strapped him down, because they know what he's like. You're in no control. Now! Listen, 
You are very lucky to be alive. Oh dear. He's on the vent. Give it some time. Hey guys, you're saying a lot by not saying anything. You know that, don't you? Well, Burns aren't that severe considering he was in the tent. Mm. You think Christopher demanded that they wheel him in all over the studio? Possible. I wish I could tell you that he was going to come out of this. But right now I just don't know. Well, you're a much better doctor in saving hope. Gotta be said. For generations we have plotted and fought for our emancipation. But never once did we plan for what we would do with that freedom after it was ours. Yes, that seems to be a problem with a lot of rebellions and insurrections. Well, almost every war of rebellion is followed by a civil war. You'd have thought a little, little pop up, you know, two weeks later or something like that. Mm -hmm. Tell General Landry. He's looking well, considering. I have received further intelligence from Jaffa with close ties to Parnon. Hasn't got a symbiote to accelerate his healing anymore. It is believed that a Jaffa named Arkad is responsible. I have knowledge of him. We once engaged in battle as opposing first primes. It's a pity you didn't know this beforehand. Yep. See, so, I think he looks back to his usual habit of not revealing vital strategic information until it's too bloody late. It's been a while, hasn't it? A leader that would deliver the Jaffa nation into the hands of the Ori. So he would obviously be opposed to the organizing of a council also meant to lead the Jaffa, especially one that was intending to unite them against the Ori. Arkad is dangerous and must be eliminated. Till General Landry. <laughs> I don't need to be ordered, yeah. sir. I'm not under your command. I'm not going to order you and SG-1 to hunt down and kill someone based on what seems to be rumor at this point. Would you be so cautious, General Landry, if it were a team of humans that had been killed in that bombing? Ooh. 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 I know what you're going through right now. But that doesn't mean you're going to help him, though. Arkad is a monster. Just like Earth politics, when things are in chaos, the fringe elements can influence things. Continue to use fear and tyranny to gain control of a significant Jaffa army and a fleet of ships, believe me. Unfortunately, as it's seen in this episode, what the military want and what the politicians want are not always the same thing. Mm-hmm. Tilk, you've done a tremendous job getting back on your feet. But Dr. Lamb is saying you're not ready for active duty just yet. I'm asking you to give it a little more time. I have given it enough time! He seems okay. I say, getting rid of the Ori hasn't really helped anything. Well, we don't. There's a bloody bunch of ships around. This is a remarkably emotional tale. <laughs> you actually got Christopher on the commentary for the episode as well. Uh -huh. Along with Andy Makita. That were fun, listen. If Arkad is responsible and Tilk's right about him being a I've bad man... i issued a new memo to all teams to consider the investigation a top priority. I don't think a memo is going to cut it as far as Tilk is concerned, sir. I take it you tried to talk him out of leaving. Yes, sir. Like sticking my foot out to trip a freight train. I can't say that I blame him, sir. I don't either. He's here of his own free will. He can leave if he wants to. They were before. <laughs> yeah, it's not the first time. In fact, wasn't that the entire first four seasons for Daniel? <laughs> yeah, I'm only here to find my wife, that's all. Can't they all take a, a few weeks leave? So I was thinking. We could zat him, toss him in a holding cell until he comes to his senses. 
<laughs> yeah, but then he'd wake up. I offered. He doesn't want us to. He said he would stay in touch. Let us know what he learns. You don't really believe that. Oh. <laughs> so he's going then. It's <laughs> odd this. I'm off. <laughs> oh, casual clothes. Casual Friday, everybody. Nice shot. I'm surprised Valor's not gone with him. No, something's a man has to do himself. He's going to places that even SG-1 would fear to tread. My father says the sticks honor those who died. Indeed. Do you know who did this? Yes. My father says they are cowards. They must pay with their lives. They will. This is Megan Elizabeth Cooper, Rob C. Cooper's daughter. She looks about seven. The second one to appear on camera. His other daughter played young Adria. Did his other daughter have lined? Yeah, she spoke a bit. I think that's the same girl that the bad guy patted on the head. Mm. Each one symbolising a death, where the tent was. I mean, it's very ceremonial. Ah! It's alive. Get this at me. Ah, uh, help! Help! Why is there a button? <laughs> Come on, Daniel. Isn't there a button at that side of the bed? You'd have thought so, but what the hell? Just relax. It may be a little difficult for you to speak right away. <coughs> <laughs> nice peaceful location. There, uh, there. This is Lazanne, played by John Tench, an American actor. He's been in Lost Girl, Blackstone, Sanctuary, and Andromeda. Go away. <laughs> I do like the wooden spoon. Teal'c of the Towery. Don't think I don't know who you are. What do you know of the bombing at Dar Escalon? A bunch of Jaffa died. Well, yeah. <laughs> Brutally honest. Don't expect me to shed a tear for you and your kind. I don't care what you and your friends from the Towery have done. You, Jafar, enslaved my people for generations. Yes, and thanks to this guy, you are no longer enslaved. You lived like kings compared to us. And don't think that we will soon forget. I rejoice. Rejoice at the sight of you murdering each other like the fools that you are. You know, it's really not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what you know. There was a little problem with this shot. Christopher didn't know the camera would be framed so you couldn't see his hand. And if you look, there's there's no pressure at all being exerted. Mm-hmm. Come on, spill the beans. Mm-hmm. Give him what he wants. He may actually leave and not kill you. Think about it. I can pretty much get you anything you want. I want a name and where I can find him. You're still dead. <laughs> You get nothing. You underestimate the satisfaction I will get from your suffering. There you go. <laughs> That's a new shot. He was a student of mine for a while. He trained a lot of people, hasn't he? Do wonder it, you know? You pick a few people up. Why would he be a student of Braytax, though? I mean, Braytax surely would only be training Apophis's people. Tilk and I both faced him in battle many times. Many times we managed to defeat his armies. Hmm. Maybe he was in league with the Apophis for a while. Maybe. 
if he is a warrior without honour, perhaps he uh, jumped ship, went to serve another system lord. Hmm. There is more. I have not told you. I still give a spoken of his mother. Uh -oh. How much I know she's dead. Tilk's mother was killed. Shortly after Tilk commanded an embarrassing victory over Harkat's fleet, the murder was never resolved. For no apparent reason, someone slipped into a village and slit her throat in the night. It's not really that surprising that Tilk hasn't really spoken of her. It was never proven. But still knowing Tilk, I mean, why didn't he go after Arkad immediately? He was first prime of Apophis at the time. Tilk's actions were chosen for him. It's beginning to sound like he rubbed his nose in it, big time. Given what Arkad has done, Tilk will stop at nothing to bring an end to him. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to have won. It was too easy. <laughs> you know, it's easy when you've got all your warriors with an emblem on the red. Yep. It's difficult to actually sneak around, but perhaps there are a few who don't, you know, kind of a black ops Jafar. Stick on emblems whenever they need it to do undercover work. We've been maintaining contact with Antiora rebels on PAT-365. That's a predominantly Jafar planet that's already succumbed to Ori control of it. Colonel Reynolds, Eric Brecker. Quietly so far, but is keeping us surprised of their intentions. Yeah, I'd tend to be quiet if I opposed Ori occupation as well. Are regularly being ferried by mothership to another planet to mine raw naquita. That makes sense. The Ori warriors will be able to make ships, weapons, uh -oh. super gates. Yes, but here's the interesting part: the Jaffa say this is not being done for the Ori, at least not directly. This is the old days, isn't it? When system lords were operating within other system lords' territories, all sorts. Hmm. Arcad has muscled his way into a relationship with the Ori. Says he'll police the planet, get even more Jafar planets to fall in line. Well, that's in line with the intel we have. This guy isn't very nice by the sounds of it. Yep. Industrious, clever, but not very nice. Word floating around that this weapons-grade Naquita is being stockpiled in various locations for use by Arcad in a coordinated attack on Earth. Hmm. Yeah, the big secret is that anybody could probably destroy the Earth if they really, really tried. I don't know, the system always really tried. They'd never know. They half-hearted attempt, then they went under the Protector Planets Treaty, which technically could never have been enforced. <laughs> nice. Okay, Christopher, throw the punch. Don't hit the camera. Don't hit the camera. <laughs> oh. This is Bacal, played by Peter Kent, Canadian actor. As you rightly surmised, a bit of prosthetic work to put the mm -hmm. scar on his face. He's been in Alcatraz, Psych, Smallville, Dark Angel and Earthsea. Also appeared twice as uh, Kintak. Mm. He's one of the few actors that we've seen on SG-1 who actually rivals Christopher Judge for sheer mass. <laughs> I serve the Ori. When I die, I will ascend and join them in everlasting glory. That is untrue. Should have moved his feet closer to the fire. Yes. Yeah. That is most unfortunate. I have medicine that would save your life should you tell me what I wish to know. Never. Mm -hmm. The symbiote is a great advantage to uh, Jafar, but it's also an incredible weakness once you get captured. Uh -oh. Arkad is a coward who will die by my hand. Also, I have implanted an explosive device within your symbiote pouch. <laughs> so it is written, so it will be done. 
It was the same explosive that used to kill 12 warriors, 18 innocent bystanders, and two children who had gathered for a peaceful summit. They were sinners all who chose the path of evil. <laughs> it was room. No flashing light, no LED display. Come on. Where are you going? Deep, deep. I am leaving. You are about to explode. I love this line. I love it. Yeah, look bad. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, I thought he was joking. <laughs> no, he wasn't joking. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't screw around it. He makes just as tea or as Clint Eastwood. I honestly don't think he wants them to know what he's going to do or what he is really capable of. Indeed not. Andy Mikita actually wanted to film that sequence again. Unfortunately, uh, he didn't get the opportunity. It was a little too loud. Well, right now we have no way of detecting, let alone stopping a cloaked cargo ship. So all those times we have been able to detect a cloaked ship. She did say right now. <laughs> we go to another planet, Sod Earth. I thought the Jafar were all about honour and meeting their enemy on the battlefield. Yeah, apparently not this guy. So what do we do? Sounds to me like Tilk has the right idea. Unscheduled off-world activation. Receiving a transmission, sir. On screen. Warriors of the Tauri. I bid you greetings. <laughs> English. Bad guy. <laughs> to whom am I speaking? My name is Arkad. Very uh, <laughs> ominous. Loosely translated means kingdom of the path. What can we do for you? I wish to be granted safe passage to your planet, so we may meet in person and discuss certain issues that concern us both. By now, you. Orcad is played by Craig Fairbass, obviously a British actor. Mm -hmm. He's been in EastEnders, Emmerdale Farm, London's Burning, Sarah Connor Chronicles. There was a. They had a little question mark about his accent, but they decided to let it go and. Why shouldn't there be a uh, different accents amongst the, or call him a, a Jaffa with uh, aspirations? He no doubt fed you the information about the attack so that he could then claim to be the one who could prevent it. Yeah, we figured that, but what we don't know is why. Receive pronunciation, Jaffa? Oh, of course they do. I really wouldn't want to let him arrive in a, a ship, <laughs> you know, with free passage. I'll let you know how it goes. I already know. Nothing good will come of it. Very trusting. He could have supplied a ship full of Anaquida, slammed it into the earth at terminal velocity, and destroyed the planet. Arcad, I'm sure you know of SG-1, Lieutenant Colonels Mitchell and Carter, Dr. Daniel Jackson, and Balam Alduran. It's an honour to finally meet you all in person. I have looked forward to this day for some time. Let's sit down, shall we? This was his first day on set. He got basically six pages of dialogue for this one scene. Hey! Yes. <laughs> a little nervous to be faced, A, with the main cast of the show in one go, and basically this whole scene being focused on him. Surely he does not still hold a grudge for past battles we once waged in the name of former false gods. No, I think it has more to do with recent events. I assume you are referring to the tragedy at Daraskalon. Yeah. Tragedy? I like his emblem, though. This close to dying. Braytax sent us his regards as well. <laughs> He'd love to stab you in the eye with a really big knife. <laughs> 32 other Jafar weren't nearly as lucky as they were. Yeah, the emblem is of the system lord Atom. Whom we'd never seen. No, but in Egyptian mythology, Evening Sun, one of the rivals to Apophis, which, as we've seen in the show, makes a lot of sense if he was constantly fighting Tilk. Indeed. And he's right here. 
The reason we fought for freedom is so we could believe in what we want and not be subjugated by anyone. And you don't see the Oriyas forcing their beliefs on you? You don't want to admit it, but if you give somebody the freedom, that means you're giving them the freedom to do something you don't want them to do. Yep. And you look at human history, you know, when rebellions that have been supported by Western powers have, you know, got people's freedom and then decided to vote for communism or something. Yeah, happens. That befell the summit of Dar Escalon. But you just happen to know some guys less respectable, less honourable than yourself, who took matters into their own hands. Come on, less of the sarcasm, lads. Diplomatic meeting. Where's Wolsey? He should be here. Why? Well, the IOA wanted this meeting. Why isn't there an IOA representative? And I don't know if it's just the guy's got the biggest pair on him that he's got no guards or anything. He's, although I'm not really uh, impressed with his armour. It's not very ornate. I can use my influence and my resources to choke off their ability to function effectively. Or you can fund them and allow them to do your dirty work for you while you take the political high road. Let's cut the crap! <laughs> really? He's playing this very well. <laughs> I understand your mistrust. But please, I implore you. Believe me when I say I will use all of my vast resources at my disposal to thwart this most heinous threat to your world. He probably knows they can read in between the lines, they can see right through him, but he's not going to drop the act. Well, the easiest way for you to thwart the vast threat to our world is to stab yourself in the symbiote pouch. That should eliminate the threat quite nicely, don't you think? Yeah, that's probably going a bit far. Well, how self-sacrificing is he? <laughs> Stay out of your way and you won't attack us. General, my fleet is more powerful than any Goard has ever marshaled by tenfold. If I was to attack this planet, it would not be in the manner currently being planned by these radicals. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. You know, I think Landry's just as pointed he never got to try and blow up the mountain. <laughs> Whether or not our people ever see eye to eye, I would like to believe that they could coexist peacefully. Huh? You're a follower of the all right. Peaceful coexistence does not come into it. You know, I, I think the term peaceful coexistence reminds me of that scene with the actor who subsequently played Rage Barkley with the little things obviously based on the 60s movie The Tingler taking over senior people in Starfleet. You know the one I mean? Oh, where the, the heads blow up. We seek peaceful coexistence. <laughs> and peace comes when we've destroyed all of you. Oh dear. <laughs> uh, this guy, talk. He's the Jaffa scum that I sold the explosives to. That's all I know. I do not believe you. I beg you, tell him what he needs to know. This will not end well. Aww. I protect him. I'm not afraid to die. I have no intention of killing you. Not until you tell me where to find our guard. This looks a lot like a scene from uh, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Miner's kitchen utensils. I'm sensible for the moment, but believe me. In time, you will change your mind. Uh-oh. Yeah, he guarantees it. I absolutely, positively guarantee it. The IOA is taking the threat of these attacks against Earth very seriously. So, what do they want us to do? Nothing, as far as our cat is concerned. Sir? They want us to leave him alone for now. Let him go about his business. <laughs> so much so, they've asked to be escorted to the Alpha site. <laughs> Obviously, we need to assess his capability. Determine if these... Threats are credible, and who's really behind them? If we can prove that Arcad does pose a direct threat to our security... I, I'm sorry, sir, we're supposed to what? Find WMDs in his back pocket? What? Oh, that's not a good idea. That's a really bad idea. Have the IOA ever had a good idea? I think that's a given. <laughs> <laughs> to find out what we can. We're on it, sir. Uh, not so fast, Colonel. 
I plan to put a number of teams on it right away, but uh, at the moment, I have another mission for you. Yeah, Americans played the intelligence game so well. They don't really have any resources in Arkad's camp. The only one out there is Tilk, and he's kind of doing his own thing at the moment. Where's what's left of the Tokra? We haven't seen them for a while. There's not many of them left. Even if he tries and fails, it will be hard to convince people that he was acting alone. So you want us to try and stop him? The IOA is adamant that Earth, and specifically the SGC, take no action against Arkad. Uh-oh. No, what did that do? With ordering you to find Tilk. And stop him at all costs. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. This is less UN than more League of Nations. They're coming along. Peace in our time. Look, he signed it and everything. If you don't know, Meanwhile, 50 attack come out of hyperspace. American listeners, if you don't know who the League of Nations are, check out World War II history. Preferably in the book published in Britain. <laughs> yes, World War II, 1941-45. <laughs> the other two years were just skirmishes. Yeah. You know, the invasion of France and Poland. <laughs> he wanted to make sure we'd be blaming the event of any attack against him. Regardless of whether we were behind it. Speaking of determined, has anyone thought about the speech they're going to give to Tilk? Lots of guns. Yeah, I can think of the speech. It involves an S-shaped gun and some blue electricity. Yeah, best bet is they diverted one of the ships. Now that whole sequence was taken from the other guys, if you remember the two doctors who dressed up as Jafar. generators are in place. So nobody on the planet actually, you know, noticed this lot beaming down. Mm-hmm. Not that far from the gate. Trip sensors are ready. I'm glad you're so sure about this plan. One way or the other, you know he's coming. You know, you really think that people aren't gonna have... We've never seen gold satellite. No, we haven't. They're not big on that sort of thing. Wouldn't it be useful to have some sort of orbital early warning system? <laughs> you get the impression that the Gwal tended to fight over disputed planets, you know, almost like they had a system. If a planet got in dispute, then they'd organise the armies, you know, then line up in the good old British tradition. You wear blue, we'll wear red. <laughs> Whoever's left at the end wins. Hmm. They probably never got system lords that got very dominant military-wise that could actually go on a massive invasion of other worlds. With one exception, the guy who was a semi-descended ancient. Anubis. Well, what would be the harm in us just, whoops, failing to stop Teal from killing Arkad? you just got to love Valor. Simple solution to a complex problem. Yes, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. But if Arkad is the one planning his attacks, then I think our best chance of stopping them is keeping Arkad alive. Why is that? He may be the only one that knows all the pieces to the puzzle. Good point. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> How do we get Arkad to tell us all the pieces of the puzzle? Well, that's the easy part. See, we capture him, lock him in a room, and threaten to let Teal kill him. Genius. Thank you. Danny, the patience of a saint. Hmm. Now, this is demonstrate how powerful and strong he is. Spiritual. Is he doing the calendar reading? No, he's praying to Origin. Oh, Christ. It has occurred to you that it could take days before Tilk shows up. Hope you brought some food and dug a latrine. He could also have been here already and killed Arkad for all we know. No, I think <laughs> the place would be buzzing if the leader was dead. We'll get some activity one way or the other. Speaking of which... Yeah, something's going to happen soon. We're half an hour in. 
Yeah. Colonel Reynolds, come in. <laughs> Uh-oh. SG3, you've missed your scheduled check-in. Please respond. Uh, I think Tilt's here. <laughs> I doubt they're dead. No, I don't think Tilt would actually have killed him. Stay here. Yeah, because you alone can do so much <laughs> more than if you came with me. Ah, good. Didn't even get a shot off. That would have been a handy thing to lift from the armory, wouldn't it? Yep. Somebody got to Baker and Reynolds. They're unconscious, but they're still alive. Tilt's probably got one of them carrying his zat or them stun grenades that look so ridiculous when they roll up to your feet and nobody moves. Hey, Tilt! Tilt, I know you're out there, buddy. You can hear me. I don't know what you think's going on here, but we're here to help. Whoa. And he missed. He had an open shot and he missed. Why have you set a trap for me, Colonel Mitchell? <laughs> He's got a radio. Oh, he might have took it off Reynolds. Yeah. We're here on a picnic. Why would we set a trap for you? I intend on killing Arcade. Do not try and stop me. Till it's Daniel, listen. Now just hear me out. Oh, he's got his armor. Yeah. <laughs> it's Daniel. Yes, Daniel, I know your voice. And he says he'll help us if we leave him alone. It is likely Arkad is behind those attacks. Yes, I know, I know, we figured as much, but... We just think it's best for ourselves and you if we all just step back and consider all the angles. I am not acting on behalf of Earth. The IOA is worried it may still look that way. You're not going to be able to convince Till arguing politics, Daniel. I will avenge the deaths of the Jafar Daeshkalan. Arkad must die, no matter what the consequences. I do not wish to harm any of you. But if you try and stop me, I will. <laughs> Roll away fast. Why not grab the weapon? Well, he can't carry him, can he? Better to carry him than become carrying. So, now what? Well, he's got to be headed for the pyramid. Oh, dear. Well, at least they move. I haven't realised how wimpy humans are, really. <laughs> yeah, this is Theok's off the leash. Drop the stick. Drop the stick. <laughs> then drop the stick. Now, this fight was actually choreographed by Bam Bam. Came over from Atlantis just for this one job. Now, why wasn't he pointing the zat at them in the first place? Yeah, because that way, no hesitation. And when he tossed the stick away, he just fired. Now, all due respect, Tilt should murder Cameron here. Yeah. Although he's doing a pretty good job of it, I'll give him that. I mean, he could always beat Seven Shades of Jack O'Neill. Yeah. He's trying to tap out or something like that. Ooh, crunch. <laughs> Ooh. Hey. Oh, he pretty much did. As a point of interest, if you've beaten him unconscious and you zap him, does he die? No, I don't think so. Or is that a matter of electrical charge within the body? Yeah, it would be the energy, wouldn't it? The time for talk is over, Colonel Mitchell. I have a question. If Alcad is so dedicated, why isn't he a prior? Is it because... It was mentioned that he'd done a deal with the Ori, probably using him. Oh, he's not hanging about with these Jafar, is he? He's not, is he? Ah, 
and reacted in a reasonable sense of time. It was like, huh? Oh. <laughs> Another one. Instead of hear a rolling metal noise, you get the hell out of there. Yeah. But Javao don't seem to be known for the deployment tactic. I assume Bam Bam coordinated this. Uh, they didn't mention this one, only the Ben Brada and Christopher Judd fight. This is all filmed at Norco Studios, the final time they filmed there. One is starting to... You never think of Jafar's having these kind of dummies to practice on, do you? No, they practice on... Ow! <laughs> Ooh. He's dead. This is the actual same set where Arcad is. They've just got all these columns in, just to uh, make it look a bit more interesting. Yeah, that didn't really go well. No. Look, my lord, we captured him. <laughs> captured him? He got shot about four times. Does he have superior armor? You don't worry about that. You captured him. That's all that matters. After all these years, still as predictable as ever. The armor's been taken off. Okay, he looks hurt. Yeah. They did go a bit overboard with all the blood in these upcoming scenes. They admit that. Yeah. Very graphic hand-to-hand combat. It's hardly fair, is it? As we've seen, Arcad doesn't really play fair. The only problem they, <laughs> the only problem they really had was that these sticks, being made out of rubber, eventually started to bend. Mm. Well, that's the problem, you know. You got to keep your stick stiff for the entire fight. <laughs> you really didn't think I was going to make a joke like that after you said about bending sticks? <laughs> Come on. You've got an old and slow. Get up. You've known this me. is brutal. You've known me for five years, for God's sake. Yeah, he's also been shot. Three times, I think. Once in the front, twice in the back. Ooh. I remember when you were a true warrior. The pride of Apophis. Feared by all those who opposed you. Do you remember, Tilk? How powerful you were then. Do you remember, Korak? You had us on the run. You bombarded the planet from space and you left no survivors. Oh, dear me. I remember when you went this fat. Stop gloating and kill him. You might regret it. Yeah, I still admired you. One day I thought, I thought I would be so brave. I would have the courage to bring my enemies to their knees like the great Jaffa warrior Tilk. Fight! Nasty. <laughs> Mass genocide. Lots of things he did for Apothos that we've never heard about. Look at you now. Mm-hmm. A legend. Dude, everybody gets old. You defeated the mighty Goal themselves. You brought freedom to all Jafar. You gave us the chance to seek salvation, but you... You rejected it yourself. Your punishment must be to have gone so soft and frail. Have you spent so long with humans that you become so much like them? It's a shame. You won't live to see me bring the Tauri to their knees. He's not on his knees, he's on his back. <laughs> Let him get up. Let him treat his wounds a bit. He thinks big, I'll give him that. Ah! 
lots of... <laughs> oh. And suddenly he's... Yeah. He's not a Bruce Lee, has he? Sudden recovery. Is that a... No, it's not a bow, is it? What the hell is it? It could be a bow staff. Ah, it could be. It's weird. It's got a definite curve. A bit Klingonish, isn't it, really? It'd have been a nice touch if he'd had a bit of Tritonin. Pulls out the hidden recording device. It's a bloody sword. That's why it's curved. Oh! Right Ooh, straight in the pouch. Yeah. <laughs> These may earn the money. I mean, that's probably an automatic target point for him. Yeah. He probably knows he hasn't got a symbiote, but it doesn't occur to him to stab him anywhere else. I had my revenge for the day that you attacked Korak and you slaughtered my family. Don't say it. Don't say it. I killed your mother. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> he said it. <laughs> you want to give serious consideration to the decorations. Yes, you do, don't you? It's like that table on Atlantis. It's just waiting for somebody to fall into it. Yeah. It's kind of decapitating. Do you remember Rome, the TV series? No, I never watched it. They'd get somebody on the knees, then put a gladius into the neck and just force it straight down. Oh, human pneumothorax for a start, and probably the liver, the stomach, and most dangerously, he's punctured the bell. At this point, even if the actual organ damage didn't kill him, there's about a 95% chance of sepsis taking him off. Probably only a sarcophagus could have saved him. Bibi, you're late, guys. Some excellent scores there, Tilk. There was a time when you would have come away from such a battle without a scratch. Pretax looking good, though. Isn't he? In his jammies. The jammies, or is that a nice robe? Call it a robe if you want, but you're probably thinking, sod all this armour, this is much more comfortable. <laughs> I like these slippers. Just finished reading your report, Colonel. Everything in order, sir? Uh, Arcad set a trap for you, took you prisoner, and you were fortunate Tilk was there to rescue you. Arcad was killed, and Tilk injured in the process. I'd love to read this report. Yeah. This is going to be a tough pill for the IOA to swallow, son. Oh, very familiar. How much older than Ben Browder is? Boat? Yeah. Maybe about 15 years older, I'd imagine. I'm not sure the term son really applies. He's barely a generation gap, 15 years. Well, like I say, it's very casual for a general talking to a colonel, especially in uniform. If he was responsible, he was too much a coward to do it himself. The one who did died by my hand. Yep, too right. Shish kebab. <laughs> Still, our god got what he deserved. There are many more as corrupt as he was. And we will hunt them until they are no more. I've got the feeling that this will never end. Mm. I'm sure Braytac was looking forward to retirement by now. I've thrown down the system laws and I'm still at it. I should think we're both right. That appears to be a role, but over jammies. Yeah. I have not said this to you before. And I should have. <laughs> Till I am your father. Oh, come on, you've seen this in the last 24 hours. You are the son I never had. Who'd have thought it? Tilt and Pinocchio. Something in common. I could not be more proud. Yes, and to show how proud I am, I'm never going to appear in this show again. <laughs> well, to be fair, there's only three episodes after this. Now, isn't that a nice way to end the episode? Rather touching scene between Braytac and Tilk. And is Tilk welling up? It looks like it. The boy's got a heart after all.
<laughs> yeah, fun. Okay, that was Talion. That was an episode I think Christopher Juris can be very, very proud of. Mm-hmm. Although he could probably stand to drop about thirty pounds. Well, it's all right being incredibly muscular all the time, but it takes work to maintain it. More work than it does to get to get there in the first place. Yeah, I know. It tends to go to fat quite quickly. Because the problem is, to build the muscle, you need to eat a serious amount. And it's very difficult to have the body adjust to eating less. Trust me, I speak from long experience. <laughs> well, what have you been nibbling on, if anything, today? Stuff I shouldn't be. No fruit, then. Nothing good for you. Um, well, the, the candy is called Tootie Fruity. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think it counts, but fair enough. 10,622 steps. What? Oh, is that what you're doing today? I installed Google Fit. <laughs> okay, then. Andy Makita, the director. He directed 29 episodes of Stargate SG-1, 22 episodes of Atlantis, and 12 episodes of Stargate Universe. He also directed Transporter the Series, Primeval New World, a show called The Dark Corner, a few episodes of Bitten, Motive, Cedar Cove, and Strange Empire. Damien Kindler, the writer. He wrote three episodes of Stargate Atlantis. 16 episodes of Stargate SG-1, uh, never wrote for Universe, but wrote 33 episodes for Sanctuary, and also written for Sleepy Hollow, which he also executive produces. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. Some good news for fans of David Hewlett. David will be returning to television sci-fi for a four-episode story arc in the upcoming Dark Matter series, which is going to premiere on the US Sci-Fi Channel Friday, June the 12th. He will be playing a shady character known as Talbor Chalak, and also announced was that Ruby Rose, who has recently been in Orange is the New Black, will be playing the enigmatic and dangerous Wendy, an android. There's always ever-changing news on the convention appearance front for the stars and guest stars of the Stargate franchise. Richard Dean Anderson is slated to appear at the Starfest convention in Denver April the 17th through 19th, and then on to Ottawa for its Comic-Con on the 8th, 9th and 10th of May. In July, he will be a guest star at the London Film and Comic Con, which takes place at the Olympia in London, along with Nicole DeBoer. Marina Baccarin will be at the Dallas Fan Expo, May the 29th through the 31st, and then at the two Supernova Pop Culture Expos in Australia. The first in Sydney takes place June the 19th through the 21st, and then moves to Perth June the 26th through 28th. David Blue will be a guest at Chevron 8.2, takes place at Heathrow in London, April the 24th through 26th and you will be attending the official Stargate Creation Convention in Rosemont, August the 14th, 15th and 16th. Sue Ann Braun, Ben Browder, Chuck Campbell, Joe Flanagan, Rainbow Sun Franks, Andy Frizzle, Gary Jones, Peter Kalamus, Alex Sahara, Peter Williams, Amanda Tapping, Dan Payne and Michael Shanks will also be making appearances at the official Stargate Convention. But be advised, some will only be appearing on specific days. Upcoming birthdays for former Stargate actors include on the 5th, the legend that is Mitch Pileggi. He made 22 appearances on Stargate Atlantis as Colonel Stephen Coldwell. His resume is ridiculously impressive, and we may just get him back on our screens thanks to the return of the X-Files. On April the 6th, it's the birthday of Michael Rooker, who played Colonel Edwards in the SG-1 episode Enemy Mine, and was Merle Dixon on The Walking Dead, another actor with an impressive resume. J.R. Bourne has his birthday on the 8th of April, quality actor who played Martouf in seven episodes of SG-1, as well as recurring and starring roles on The Secret Circle, Revenge and Team Wolf. The ninth has the birthday of Kathleen Munro, who was Amanda Perry on Stargate Universe, and she's also graced Haven, Supernatural and Alphas. Finally, on the 10th of April, very happy birthday to Haig Sutherland, 
who while only appearing on seven episodes of Stargate Universe, made quite an impact as Sergeant Hunter Riley. He's recently guest starred on Motive, The Tomorrow People and Supernatural. There are quite a few more birthdays next week and we'll tweet and post them as they occur. We would love to hear from you and what you think about Talion and of course Stargate and our show in general, so please don't be shy. We haven't had any iTunes or Stitcher reviews and ratings some time, so if anyone has a minute or two and could post something on their respective services, we would be grateful. If you do want to get in touch with us, then you can do so via the contact form on our website, which is gatecast.co.uk, or via the old faithful email address, gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Google+, and we are carried on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio. All our links are on the website, including the specific RSS feed, which carries every episode we have produced and released. That can be copied and manually added to a podcatcher. Right then, let's return to the show. Next week's episode, Stargate Atlantis, Sunday. That's the one where you know what happens to you-know-who. Yeah, not happy with that episode. (laughs) Okay, and if everything goes according to plan, Thomas will be joining us for that. On the next Stargate SG-1, after almost being killed, Tilk seeks revenge. Why should I tell you anything knowing death is my reward? In time. He will change your mind. Now the rest of the team must stop him. I do not wish to harm any of you. But if you try and stop me, I will. And try to save Earth from the Ori. Find Tilk and stop him at all costs. On the next Stargate SG-1. Okay then, folks. I hope you've enjoyed Talion. If you did, let us know. If you didn't, let us know. We're not fussy. True. Andy and all feedback is good. Do right. We don't seem to get off as much as we used to, and we never really got a lot in the first place. No. Well, maybe that means we're doing it right. Okay. I can stay helpful. Yeah, that's it. Remain positive. If I have energy. Okay then, folks, thank you very much for listening. Join us next week for Sunday, but until then, I've been Mike. I've been Alan. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever.